This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 13, Episode 22. This is Writing Excuses, Character Arcs. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And character arcs. This is a great topic. Um, (laughs) What is a character arc? You're laughing because I come up with the topics. No, no, we're laughing because people don't think that writers are actually like this. But we do (laughs) sit around and geek out over character arcs. Character arcs are so cool. We totally do. Yeah, we could do 15 different podcasts just on character arcs. Mm. So character arc, what we're talking about is the emotional progression that a character goes through. Their their journey, their their learning experience, whatever you want to call it. Um, And we describe it as an arc because it's typically graphed the same way the narrative curve would be graphed. And that's because it's a narrative. Yeah. Um, So I... Like I have, I have, uh, the character arc falls into the category of things that I have mostly understood. Um, you know, if, if we are talking about the mice quotient, a character arc begins when a character is dissatisfied with an aspect of self and it ends when they are satisfied. But I have recently learned a new tool that I am super excited Ooh, about. Wow. Yes. Okay. You're gonna. Okay. You're so excited about this. It's proving how geeky we are. I know. <laughs> um, so Elizabeth Boyle, who is a romance writer, uh, talked about this, and, and she said that it was the uh, it was the arc. That she's like, this is this is the structure of a romance novel. And as she was talking, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the structure of every character arc in the history of ever. Um. So what you have? It's it's an acronym. Dream. So first you have denial. The character denies that there is a problem. There is not a problem. Everything is fine. Uh, Then they resist the problem. It's like, I see what you're talking about, but I have it under control. Then they explore it, um, which in in romance terms is, well, maybe one date. (laughs) And then they accept, oh, I am in love. And then there's, uh, in, in romance, it's matrimony, but for everybody else, it's, um, it's manifestation, which is the action that they take after they accept that. And when you start looking at other arcs, it's like everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, wow, that sounds a lot like the, the pattern of grief. What do they call it? The stages it's, of grief? <laughs> she right? actually got it from an anger management class. Wow, interesting. <laughs> when she was a manager at Microsoft, she teaches this. If you can take her class, I highly That's recommend really it. Cool. But it's so good because it's, yeah. it's like, it's so, once, once she pointed that out and I realized, oh yeah, that, that is in fact the progression that I go through with pretty much any change, um, you know, uh, climate change, that's not happening. Um, or uh, Brussels sprouts, they're terrible. Well, some people like Brussels sprouts. All right, I'll try one. Yeah, this is pretty good. All right, now I'm cooking them at home. I wish my children would go through that. They just live in the denial stage for pretty much everything. <laughs> so but- this, was, this was the thing that, that was so exciting to me, was that I realized that when I was having trouble with a character arc, 
Mm-hmm. That my problem was that I was trying to get them from denial to manifestation without passing through the other steps. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That, that stepping them from denial into resistance, that, that you, have to, you have to go through each of those changes in order to get to the next stage. You don't have to, you know, the, the amount of time you spend in any of those is going to vary wildly depending on the type of story you're telling but they they it's still a progression yeah. that happens naturally. Well, and it's not just that you can't skip three middle ones if, if you skip even one. Yeah. Stepping f- directly from denial to exploration. Yeah. I hate Brussels sprouts, but I'm going to try one. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. You need that resistance step in the middle. That's a really good way of putting this. Mm-hmm. It's it's helpful to to realize that it, this happens to me all the time. You know, you explain this technique, and I think what. How have I been able to successfully create character arc without knowing this technique? Because, because uh, I observe myself, I mm-hmm. take inventory regularly, I observe other people, and when I write, I'm just kind of naturally, intuitively doing this. And you, fair listener, are very likely doing the same thing if you're writing character arcs. But now that you know how to spell dream, E A. Now that you know how to spell dream, you have a tool that will let you run a checklist on your arc so that you know you're doing it right. Yeah, and you know, I've said this before on the podcast, but a lot of these tools that we come up with, these are not things I actively use while writing. Mm-hmm. I use them actively when outlining mm-hmm. uh, or when I'm diagnosing a problem. Yep. And I say something isn't working here. And the more of these tools I pick up, the better I get at diagnosing those problems because every book goes haywire in some way. Um, in the past, I've always used kind of the thing we've talked about a lot on writing excuses, promises, progression, payoff, mm-hmm. right? With me, I ask myself, what are the promises that I'm making with this character at the beginning of the story? Uh, what, what are they lacking in their life? Where do they, they want to go or where do I want them to go? And what is the payoff at the end that I have to earn through steps of progress uh, for that payoff to really feel exciting and wonderful. What's we we referenced Star Wars a few weeks back? The idea of you know Luke standing and looking at the end of the sky, and you know he wants to get off this backwater world and do something cool. And your payoff is one of you know he saves the the entire galaxy. Um, and the progress are those steps in between where you see that he's earning that payoff. It's also useful to uh, the. The whole like the concept of parentheses, mm-hmm. the, the parentheticals. Right. Um, you begin with a character who is, who is unhappy, who desires a thing, and who is in trouble. And as you close parentheses, they're resolving the trouble. They are. Uh, they have the thing they want, or they have the thing that they need, and they're still unhappy, or they're happy. I mean, you, you put that parenthesis there, and. Uh, and it completes the arc. And I love the fact that you can think about it in terms of parentheses, but they don't need to be opposites. Yeah. You can have unhappiness at both ends and still have a very, very satisfying arc, especially if it's one for a side character or for a character who you're planning on pulling forward into another volume. Yeah, and that was one of the things that was exciting, that that positive or negative state um, about about the dream thing is that like you can get a character all the way up to the point of manifestation and the way they manifest, look, I accept that I have fallen in love with this person and I am going to do nothing about it. And that's like, you know, or I'm going to send them away or I'm going, it's, it's, they can, that, that's what a tragedy looks like when the character's manifestation is in the negative state. 
Right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Let's go ahead and stop for our book of the week. Uh, Howard, you've got a book for us this yep. week. Uh, another nonfiction book that I've really enjoyed, Why Information Grows, The Evolution of Order from Atoms to Economies. And it's by Cesar Hidalgo. Um, and one of my favorite, uh, and I actually had to look it up on Wikipedia, one of my favorite bits in the book was his description of how the the physical the the theories that described the physical uh, process of entropy, the formula, the actual formula was mirrored in information theory, and the people working on these two theories didn't know about it. Mm. And the parallels, and once you look at the two parallels, you realize, oh, these aren't necessarily parallel because of an accident. These are parallel because energy, is information, and it's super cool, mind-blowing, good fun. Excellent. Why Information Grows by Cesar Hidalgo. So, Mary, you were mentioning kind of uh, tragedies. Yeah. Let's talk about downward spiral character yeah. arcs, uh, where a character is, is you now, for lack of better phrase, falling to the dark side, or uh, <laughs> descending into madness, or... Uh, being overwhelmed by depression or whatever it is where the character is going to be at a worse state at the end of the story than they were at the beginning of the story. How do you write these? Why would you write these? What's going on there? I actually consider that I write a lot of tragedies. I mm -hmm. think most of the Cleaver books are tragedies in some sense. Um, and they're not actually spiraling out of control so much as getting to that end point and choosing not to take the thing you want mm -hmm. because you realize that it's bad for you or you realize that something else is better or whatever it is. Um, so would you say you go through des denial, I'm not a serial killer, resist, explore, um, accept, but then stop it manifest? Or Well, you know, so since we're looking at John Cleaver, mm -hmm. there's kind of this umbrella thing that his life is terrible, right? He is not happy. He doesn't know how to interact with people. He doesn't know how to connect with people. But with the exception of one of the books, 
none of the stories are really about him learning how to connect with people. Mm-hmm. They're about him solving some other problem. And so, you know, his thing, he's he denies in the first book, I am not going to kill anything because I know that that's wrong. I follow these rules. And then he basically, over the course of the book, mm-hmm. is forced into a position where killing is the only moral choice because it will save other people. And he's so good at it. <laughs> and he becomes very good at it. And it's this great thing, but he gets to the end and he realizes this didn't make me a better person. Um, this saved some people, but it kind of ruined my life. And yeah. so my life sucks as much or more as it used to. And so you kind of get a nice heroic arc folded up inside of a tragedy at the same yeah, time. There's also a style of uh, it's one of the many formulas for writing, uh, you know, three-act narrative curve type stuff where there is a point at which our protagonist, hero, main character... Uh, everything that they have wanted for the first three quarters of this story is now presented to them. And if they take it, it's a disaster. And if they refuse it, we get the dark night of the soul and they go on and progress to something else. And a downward character arc is often when we think we are having one of these kinds of stories and then they take that thing mm-hmm. at the turning point of Act Three, and we get a different Dark Knight of the Soul, and uh, and often those are horror stories. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any good examples offhand, but it's well, chilling when what, you see it happen. This is what Lucas wanted to do with the prequels. Yeah. You can argue how effect, but he this is this was the goal of, of those was to show the descent of a yeah. heroic yeah. character into now anger. and the. Uh, you know, that thing, that act of taking the thing that you shouldn't take, mm-hmm. what that often comes down to is the thing we all learned about in high school called the tragic flaw. You know, this person, either they are too prideful or they are too greedy or they are too selfish or they love the wrong person too much. And they are going to follow that motivation as far as they can, even though it burns their life down around them. One of the um, one of the, the tools that you, for those of you who are, who are pantsers, mm-hmm. um, rather than plotters. This this works for plotters too, but for those of you who are pantsers who are sitting there going, I don't want to come up with each of these dream steps. Um, or, or, you know, so you, you figure out what that tragic flaw is. Mm-hmm. And then when you're following it, um, as you're, you're stepping through, um, if you use something that we've talked about on previous podcasts, which is the idea of yes, but no, and, uh, if, if you do a lot of yes, but your character achieves their, their goal, but it makes things worse. This is a downward spiral because everything that they try to do that should work makes things worse. Um, And that's what a lot of times I will see people do is that they will do a ton of no and. Uh, No and means that the character did not succeed and things get worse. And while you should absolutely have some of those in there, um, if it, the novel is or a short story is nothing but no and, it's going to make it feel like there is no forward progression. Whereas if you have a lot of yes, but it's just continuous failure, and when when they should be having success, which is one of the things that will make people unhappy. Mm-hmm. That's uh, one of the ways that Extreme Makeover is structured mm. is with a concentrating of yes, but oh, yeah. which shows this thing I shouldn't be doing is working. You know, I'm getting rich. I'm getting famous. I'm getting all these things that, you know, even though I know that my methods are wrong. And so it's just kind of 
building on top until you know that it can't sustain yes, itself. You look at that with uh, the the first Captain America movie. Hmm. Um, there is yes, but for about the first third of the movie, and then it's just yes. Everything he is doing is making things better. He hasn't beaten the bad guy yet, but he's always moving closer to the objective. And and that film often comes under fire for that exact problem. The big thing that the character wanted, well, he got all that in the you know first, first yeah, third of the film. Great half, first half of a movie and kind of boring second half of a movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll go ahead and stop here. I'm going to give you guys some homework. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot when designing this particular podcast and things was the idea of sideways character arcs. This is like when a character isn't necessarily learning something new, they are just becoming something different. It's not necessarily better. It's an arc where, you know, obviously the arc where you learn to be a more generous person is a positive character arc or the arc where you end up murdering Jedi children is a downward character arc. But what about that sideways arc? That sideways arc where you're just becoming someone new and it's not necessarily better or worse? See if you can come up with one of those and apply this dream aspect to it. And those steps for dream are denial, resist, explore, accept, manifest, right? See if you can apply that to a sideways character arc. I don't even know if this works, but I want you guys to try it out and tell us about it if it does. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 